Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, welcome to the podcast. In this session, we will cover emergent therapy for acute onset, severe hypertension during pregnancy, and the postpartum period. Risk reduction and successful, safe clinical outcomes for women with preeclampsia or eclampsia require appropriate and prompt management of severe systolic and severe diastolic hypertension. Treatment with first-line agents should be expeditious and should occur as soon as possible within 30 to 60 minutes of confirmed severe hypertension defined as a blood pressure greater than or equal to 160 systolic or 110 diastolic that persists for greater than 15 minutes. This is in order to reduce the risk of maternal stroke. The use of checklists is also useful and is evidence-based to aid quick treatment of severe acute onset hypertension in labor and delivery. Acute onset severe hypertension that is accurately measured using standard techniques and is persistent for 15 minutes or more is considered a hypertensive emergency. It is well known that severe hypertension can cause central nervous system injury. As stated in the Confidential Inquiries Report from the United Kingdom, two-thirds of the maternal deaths during 2003 to 2005 resulted from cerebral hemorrhage or infarction from uncontrolled hypertension. The degree of systolic hypertension as opposed to the level of diastolic hypertension or a relative increase in the rate of mean arterial pressure may be the most important predictor of cerebral injury and infarction. So that's a clinical pearl. The degree of systolic hypertension may be the most important predictor of cerebral injury and infarction. Accurate measurement of blood pressure is necessary to optimally manage hypertension in pregnancy. Mercury sphingothermometer is the gold standard. However, validated equivalent automated equipment can also be used. Patients should be positioned in a sitting or semi-reclining position with the back supported. Patients should not be repositioned to reclining or be on their side in order to obtain a lower blood pressure because that may provide a false read. Pregnant women or women in the postpartum period with acute onset, severe systolic hypertension, severe diastolic hypertension, or both, require urgent antihypertensive therapy. The goal is not to normalize the blood pressure, but to achieve a range of 140 to 150 systolic to a diastolic of 90 to 100 in order to prevent repeated prolonged exposure to severe systolic hypertension with subsequent loss of cerebral vascular autoregulation. This is important since Once again, severe, uncontrolled systolic blood pressure is a risk for stroke. 
Okay, now a quick word about endotracheal intubation. Endotracheal intubation is another risk for severe hypertension and is well known to increase blood pressure, sometimes to levels that are severe, that require emergent therapeutic intervention. Induction of general anesthesia and intubation should never be undertaken without first taking steps to eliminate or minimize the hypertensive response to intubation. Close maternal and fetal monitoring by a physician and nursing staff are advised during the treatment of acute onset severe hypertension and judicious fluid administration is also recommended even in the case of oliguria. After initial stabilization, the team should monitor blood pressure closely and institute maintenance therapy as needed. Okay, next let's get into the specifics on medication therapy. Intravenous labetalol and hydralazine have long been considered first-line medications for the management of acute onset, severe hypertension in pregnant women and women in the postpartum period, although relatively less information currently exists for the use of calcium channel blockers like nifedipine, the available evidence does suggest that immediate release oral nifedipine may also be considered as first-line therapy, particularly when IV access is not available. Some studies have shown that women who receive immediate-release oral nifedipine had their blood pressure lowered more quickly than with either IV labetalol or hydralazine and had a significant increase in urine output. Concern for neuromuscular blockade and severe hypotension with the contemporaneous use of nifedipine and magsulfate have not been substantiated in large retrospective reviews. Okay, that's good news. However, because both drugs are calcium antagonists, facilities should be prepared to monitor maternal vital signs with attention to normal heart rate and blood pressure. Immediate release oral nifedipine capsules should be administered orally and not punctured or otherwise administered sublingually. The protocol for oral nifedipine is as follows. Once the blood pressure is confirmed to be 160 over 110, it should be rechecked, and if severe blood pressure elevations persist for 15 minutes, then oral nifedipine 10 milligrams orally should be administered. Blood pressure should be rechecked in 20 minutes. If the blood pressure threshold is still exceeded, then an additional dose of nifedipine, now 20 milligrams, can be given. Blood pressure should be checked again in 20 minutes. If the blood pressure threshold is still exceeded, another dose of 20 milligrams oral nifedipine can be given. Blood pressure, again, is checked in 20 minutes. If the blood pressure threshold is still exceeded, consideration should then be given to either labetalol or hydralazine as second-line medications. This is after a total administered dose of oral nifedipine of 50 milligrams. For labetalol, unlike nifedipine, where the blood pressure is checked in 20-minute intervals after medication administration, with labetalol, blood pressure should be checked at 10-minute intervals to see if a response is verified. For labetalol, once blood pressure is deemed to be elevated in the severe range, then 20 milligrams of IV labetalol can be given slow IV push over 2 minutes. Blood pressure is checked in 10 minutes, and if the blood pressure is still elevated beyond the threshold, then an additional dose of labetalol, now 40 milligrams IV over 2 minutes, can be given. The blood pressure is again checked in 10 minutes, and if still elevated, then 80 milligrams of IV labetalol can be given again over 2 minutes. Once blood pressure is checked in 10 minutes following this 80 milligram dose and it is still deemed to be elevated above the threshold, then consideration should be given to switching to hydralazine. For hydralazine, blood pressure can be checked 
after 20 minutes after the first administration of the medication. Once the blood pressure is deemed to be elevated, then 5 or 10 milligrams of hydralazine can be given IV over 2 minutes. If the blood pressure at recheck, again in 20 minutes, is deemed to be elevated, then an additional dose of 10 milligrams can be given of hydralazine over 2 minutes. After a total of 20 milligrams of IV hydralazine, if the blood pressure has not responded, consideration should then occur to switching to another agent. The use of IV labetalol, IV hydralazine, or immediate-release oral nifedipine for the treatment of acute severe hypertension for pregnant or postpartum patients does not require cardiac monitoring or other special monitoring beyond what's outlined in the usual L&D protocols. In addition, personnel in all hospital settings, including L&D, antepartum, postpartum, and the ER, should be able to provide these initial medications without transferring the patient to another unit. Lastly, when treatment for acute onset, severe hypertension is needed and IV access has not yet been initiated, a 200 mg dose of labetalol can be administered orally if immediate release oral nifedipine is not available. So that's a clinical pearl. Although oral nifedipine is the first line, if that's not available and IV access has not yet occurred, then a 200 mg dose of labetalol can be administered orally for acute onset severe hypertension. This labetalol dose may be repeated in 30 minutes if appropriate improvement is not observed. Okay, this wraps up our quick review of the ACOG Committee Opinion Number 692 on the treatment of emergent therapy for acute onset severe hypertension during pregnancy and the postpartum period. We'll see you next time.